You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Good morning, or good whatever part of the day it is that you're listening to this. My name is Joe, and I am your host for The Joe Martino Show. I am excited to talk to you today about parenting, about relationships, about the thing that is more dangerous for your children than screen time. I think today we tend to see screen time as the greatest threat to our children, and I am convinced that it is not, that there is something that is a far greater threat to our children. And on top of that, we have a great question from Kim in Grand Rapids. All right, let's get right to it. Let's talk about what is a greater threat to our children than screen time. Depending on who you are, where you go, who you talk to, screen time is the new boogeyman that is the danger to all of our children. If your kids are getting bad grades, it's because of screen time. If your kids are acting out, it's because of screen time. If your kids are doing drugs, it's because you let them have a cell phone too early in their life. Okay, that last part's probably a little too far. But based on some of the conversations I've had with people, I'd have to say not too awful too far. Bad grammar aside. Okay, so I don't actually want to talk about screen time today. It's not my intention to to win you over to my side that screen time isn't the enemy or any of that stuff. That's probably for another day. Certainly for another podcast topic, I, I fully intend to you know, share with whoever cares to listen my thoughts on screen time and why I don't think that screen time is really that big of a deal. Uh, I think it might be a symptom of a bigger deal, but that's a different podcast, as I said. What I want to talk to you about today is something that's I'm, I'm actually a little nervous about. Uh, if, if I can be totally vulnerable with you, totally honest with you, uh, when I have this conversation with people, they often get upset with me. Uh, and, you know, I don't like people being upset with me. I, I imagine that there's going to be some people who will hear this podcast today and you might even get angry uh, with me. And I don't like it when people are angry with me. But nonetheless, I, I do think that this is an important topic that we need to talk about. Let me set the stage for you first on what started this topic in my brain. Uh, I got a phone call from a therapist on the east side of the state for you non-Michiganders. The east side of the state is over by Detroit. Uh, over here on the west side of the state, we tend to view the east side as something of its own entity. It's it's Obviously, we're a part of the same state, but it is a little bit different. Uh, I do have quite a few friends over there. I got a phone call from one of my friends who is a therapist, and he said, hey, I got this situation. I've got an 11-year-old boy who will not shower. Uh, he's not turning in his homework. Basically, he's not doing all of the normal life functions that we want from an 11-year-old boy. I'm hoping that you can give me some direction, You know, help me out. This is, this is collaborative care, what we're talking about here. It's something that good therapists do regularly, and my friend is an excellent therapist. So he and I started talking. I said, well, where have you started? His response made me laugh. He said, well, I started with screen time, but I don't need to. The parents already have very uh, strict screen time rules. There's no screen time during the school week and no uh, very little screen time on the weekends. So I don't think it's the screens. And I told him, I said, well, good news. We agree on that. Have you found out what the kid wants? And he asked me what I meant. And I said, well, I mean, something, the kid's gaining something by not doing what he's doing. So, you know, if there's no developmental delays, which there isn't, 
uh, what, what's going on. So I had him ask me, have you talked to the parents, called the parents in, had a little session with, with the child and the kid, or the child and the parents, and uh, he said, no, not yet. I said, I'd encourage you to do that. Call him in, find out what the kid wants. And so through negotiation, having the parents come in the session, the kid says, I just want an hour of my dad's undivided attention. One hour in the week of his undivided attention, throwing a baseball. Now, I don't know dad, but the therapist tells me that dad's very prominent in the community. Uh, Quote, unquote, good dad, good people, all of those things. And I said, okay, that's fine, but this is what the kid said he wants. So set it up, ask him how many days he thinks he can do, you know, the things that they want him to do in a row. Uh, can he go a whole week turning in all of his homework? And if he does, what does it look like to get an hour of his undivided attention throwing a baseball with his dad? So they work all that out. They write it out. They sign it. The kid goes now into to the next week, does all of his work, does everything that he said he would do, and is very excited to come back and tell my friend, hey, we did it. Uh, I, I turned in all my homework. I showered. Uh, I did everything I needed to do. And this week, my dad and I are going to play baseball. Another week passes. And right as the client walks in, my friend tells me I knew something was wrong. Well, what could it be? So my friend calls the kid back to the room. And he asks him, hey, buddy, what's wrong? Well, my dad and I didn't get to play baseball. And he looks at the dad and the dad rolls his eyes. He's like, well, yeah, that's true. I had this work to do and I'm this and I'm that. I got to do this. And I just don't like throwing the baseball. And yeah, I am kind of mocking dad. And no, you shouldn't do that. But... I'm telling a story. All right, so I want to ask you a question. Is whatever that dad did that week really and truly more important than one-on-one time with his dad? If I had him alone and I asked him, how many things do you do that are more important than one-on-one time with your kids, what would he say? It doesn't really matter what he would say because his actions say that there are a host of things that are more important than spending one-on-one time with his children. No matter what he says, that's what his actions say. So here it is. Here's the thing that is the greatest threat to your child's emotional wellness, to their development, to them becoming the productive adults that you want them to be. It's you and it's me. It's our disconnectedness. Seriously, this is a far greater problem than any screen. And in the case of our our father from the east side of the state, There's the double whammy of not only is there things that are more important than you, son, but I can lie to you and it's okay. I can tell you I'm going to do something and then whoops. Don't do that. Please hear me. Don't do that. If you tell your kids you're going to do something, do it. And we often hear this. I, I listen to a lot of air quotes, parental experts. I read a lot of books on it. Obviously, that's part of what I do for a living and so I always need to keep up on the, on the research, on the you know, information coming out. And I hear this all the time. If you say you're going to do something, do it when it comes to discipline. But let me tell you, if you say you're going to do something, you need to do it, especially if you, you offer it as a reward. Essentially, what that dad did was he said, hey, son, let's make a contract and you do this and I'll pay you for it. Only I'm not going to pay you when it comes time to give you the money. Imagine if that dad's employer did that to him. And now remember, by all accounts, this guy is a good guy. We're not talking about his character. I'm not impugning his character. I'm not even saying he's a bad dad. I'm saying his behavior is a greater threat to his child's emotional and wellness and development than any screen. Disconnected parents are a much greater threat 
to their children's growth than anything else. Because you blueprint your children for how they're going to interact as adults. You're inviting your children into adulthood. You're teaching them what it means to be intimate with another human being. And so when you disconnect from them so that you can watch TV, so that you can be on your own screen, so that you can read, so that you can get legitimate stuff you have to get done, done. You're sending them a message. Now look, I'm not talking you need to have them on your hip. I'm not talking about helicopter parenting. I'm not talking about being with them 24-7, you know, sewing their left hip into your right hip or anything like that. What I'm talking about is being connected. Making sure that you find regular time to talk to them eyeball to eyeball. Now here's one of the things. Part of the problem is our society has told us that if we want our kids to be healthy, we have to schedule them. And we overschedule our children. We overschedule our families. Can we all just admit that the great experiment of making sports like a job for the kids, treating it like they're professional athletes, has failed? Not only has it failed the kids, read the research. Kids who are in sports are more likely to lie than kids who aren't. Uh, they've done that study every year for the last 10 years, and it's come out that way. Read the book, One Way to Win. The authors there did a study and, and found that the longer kids are in sports, and I mean longer as in the higher up they go, the more likely they are to have moral degradation rather than moral formation. Now, there are a lot of good coaches who are fighting that, that trend. There are a lot of good coaches and parents who are coming up with really creative ways to push back against that. But it isn't working. We're failing the kids. But let me just tell you, as a, as a relationship therapist, we are also failing our families. I can't tell you how many couples sit on my couch and I say to them, okay, we've got to find time for dates. It just isn't there because we got to run Junior here and Sally there and Petey there and Kelly there. And, and we just run. And kids, they're more anxious than ever. Why? In part, because there's so much for them to do. When do they get downtime to just relax? Oh, Joe, playing baseball is relaxing. Really? Is it? With that kid's dad? You know that kid. The one who has the dad that stands down the third baseline screaming at the umpire? Or how about the football game where, uh, you know, you know that, uh, that one kid, you know, he lives down the road. And his dad is screaming at him because he only ran for 80 yards or, or he's playing lineman and not running back and dad's living vicariously through him. Look, we've got to brutally accept the truth of what we're doing with sports, with activities with our kids, right? How about soccer? You know, I love soccer. I coached soccer for a while. I played not very well, but I played. Go to a youth soccer game and listen to the parents that are coaching their kids on the sidelines totally telling them the exact opposite of what the coach is doing. In fact, do you know what kids report they dislike the most about youth sports? Parents on the sideline. Seriously. And, and the thing of it is, is we're told that if we don't do those things, we're bad parents. So, so where do we find the time to connect to our kids? Because we've got to run them all over. You got to work. You got to pay your bills. You got to put a roof over your head. You got to feed them. You got to put clothes on them. You need clothes. You need food. Right, And then if, if, if you're involved in community activities, those are going to take up time. One of the things that my wife and I purposely do is we narrow our focus. We don't do a whole lot of community events. And almost all of the community events that we do 
have to be able to involve our children because that gives us common shared experience and it gives us the opportunity to talk to them eyeball to eyeball. And it's not just sports that I think we're over-programming ourselves with. There are really good community events, religious events, religious organizations. There are people that are too involved in their religious organization. I'm just going to say that I have a friend who's a pastor, and he and I were talking one time, and I drew out this matrix, and I said, I don't have statistical proof, but anecdotally, and I'd love to do the research, I think I can show you that people who live in this sector are at risk for, for marriage infidelity, for marriage destruction. And that sector, and everything that would put someone into that sector in, involved being too involved in a local religious organization. Because he's a pastor, right? So I wanted to show it to him. And, and you know what's interesting was, he, he's a pretty self-aware guy. He said to me, he said, I, I totally agree that that's probably true. We're over-programming ourselves because we think that programming is what helps us raise healthy kids. So what happens is, Mom and dad spend 25 hours a week at a baseball field, a football field, a soccer field with their kid, but they don't actually get to talk to their kid because their kid is spending 25 those 25 hours hitting ground balls, shooting free throws, etc., etc. Or doing something with their youth group. I, I don't care what it is. Like I don't want you to think I'm just hammering sports because I'm not. I, I'm not against sports, but we have to look at what we're doing. It is time that we purposefully reclaim some time for our families, period. Time where you can just sit and stare eyeball to eyeball with your kid. And yeah, you know what? Your kids might not even say they like it. They might look at you like, this is goofy. Dad, what's wrong with you? Do it anyhow. Turn off the radio in the car. Talk to them. Some of you I know are already doing this. I think that's great. Some of you are like, oh, I never really thought about that. That's fine. You, you can't worry about what happened yesterday. Do something different today. For most of you, I have really shocking news. Your kid's not going to play college sports. And even if he or she did, the amount of money you're going to get in scholarship is going to be less than the amount of money that you're spending for them to play sports. If you're running every weekend to chase a soccer ball, to hit a baseball, to shoot a basketball, to run around a course, to do whatever... You're not spending family time. And I know there are people right now, I, I, almost every time I have this conversation, somebody gets upset with me. But the numbers are in. Like, it's just real life. I, I know we used to talk about how sports shaped morals, but they're not anymore. And I think the reason for that is because we've made them a job. The sports themselves haven't changed. It's what we're doing with them. So it's not the sports. It's what we're doing with them. So... Let your kid sit a season out. Oh, he'll fall behind. She'll fall behind. It's okay. It's okay. Here's what I would like to see happen in our world. I would love for family night to come back. To make a really hard comeback. Now, I live in West Michigan. And I know that, that in the winter, it can be hard to get out because it's so cold. But so, so you play board games at the kitchen table. You can go to the park. You can go for a walk. You can go down to the river. I don't care what you do. Just spend time with your kids eyeball to eyeball, talking to them. Just them. Just you, your spouse, and your kids. Relationships are built over time. We have this myth, and I hear it all the time. Oh, well, I don't get to spend a lot of quantity with my kids, so I make sure that I have quality. Your kids think that's cow excrement. They don't buy it. I guarantee it. They want quantity of time. Now, 
It's not going to be every day. Life happens, right? And there is a balance there, and this is hard, and I get that. Look, I have four kids. I worry about it. I'm like, do I mind spending enough one-on-one time? We have family fun night where we do things. But what about that individual time? Because when you have four kids, they all want to talk. They all want to tell you something. And they talk over each other. So I got to find time for my wife to pursue her. And I got to find time to pursue my oldest. And then my middle. And then my middle. And then my youngest. Yeah, that's what you got to do. That's, that's, that's what being in the family is. So I would love to see us reclaim family night. Where everybody has to participate. And I'll let you know a secret. I know from firsthand parenting experience... There will be times your teenager, especially, will look at me like, I don't want to go. Too bad. You're going. Because this is what forms a relationship. This is what builds intimacy between people. Spending time together, talking. Here's some questions you can ask your kids. What was the best part of your day? What was the hardest part of your day? What was the part of your day that you liked the most? What was the part of your day you liked the least? How do you feel about, especially if you have teenagers... Uh, this next one's a lot of fun. How do you feel about President Trump's latest tweet? What do you think about the Snapchat update? Wait, you let your kids have Snapchat? Well, yeah, my oldest does, and I have it. And, and the only reason I really have it is so that I can talk to her about it. W- with her, I talk about politics and theology. Uh, she once told me she was 12. She once told me that she read the Bible, and it's the scariest book she ever read. So we talked about that. With, with my one daughter, she plays soccer. So we talk about that. What does it mean? Uh, to, to play soccer. What does it mean to give your best? What is effort? We talk about her friendships. I'll ask her, tell me about your friend. Do you know your friends, kid, your kids' friends' names? Holy cow, I'll say that 10 times fast. Do you know your child's friends' names? Do you know what's going on in your child's friends' lives? I promise you, if you ask, you will. Right? Talk to them about life. I go get pedicures with my kids. Like, actually get my feet done. Why? Because it gives us something to talk about. We talk about memories of past family nights, about going to Dave and Buster's and playing video games or going uh, on vacation or going fishing. I'm a terrible fisherman. I just, I don't, I don't know. I can't do it. I wish I could. Uh, I took my kids fishing one time and, and to this day they laugh about it well, more than once, two or three times because I'm just awful at it. Right? And so we talk about that. We talk about values. Hey, what is your greatest value in your life? Like, what is the thing that matters the most to you? Literally, I have that conversation with my 12-year-old. We talk about uh, what kind of person do you want to be as an adult? What are you doing to do that now? These are all questions you can ask your kids. If your kids are older, we're talking late teens, early 20s, you can still do this. You can ask them questions like, hey, what, what's going on in your life? That, that you're finding to be more difficult than you thought it would be. You know, even after they leave the house, tell me about your life. Ask them character questions. I'll, I'll send my daughter's YouTube videos. Pursue your children. Try to have thematic conversations with them, right? Like, okay, so whatever's going on in, in the headlines today, what's the theme? What, did you, what are you learning at school philosophically? Here's what I believe about life. What do you think about that? Foster conversation. Because that's what connects you to your kids. If your kid's not doing something and you know they're little, like my, my friend on the east side, his client, ask him, what do you want? And I'll bet you it has something to do with you. Now, not always. Sometimes it's going to be, I want a giant teddy bear. I want a PlayStation. I don't know. But make it something related to relationship. Now, here's the thing that I love about this. Every time I talk about it in public, there are people out there who have great ideas 
on how you can make a conversation with your kids, questions that they've asked their kids, things that they've done. I would love to hear from you. If you have a great idea, something that's working for you, something that you're like, hey, you know what? I need to check in with my kids and this is how I do it. I'd love to hear it because I know that there are people out there with fantastic ideas that are killing this thing called parenting by just having conversations regularly with their kids. Maybe it's on the way to baseball practice, we turn off the radio and we talk. We have a no headphones rule in the car and we have to talk. I don't care what it is. That's great. Let's, let's talk about that. Have the conversation with your kids. Connect to your kids. Understand that going to their game isn't connecting. Going to their play isn't connecting. Now, I'm not saying we should get rid of their game, get rid of their play, get rid of their concert. It just isn't connecting. It's starting to connect. It's setting up the possibility for connection, but it's not connecting until you actually have a conversation. Till you actually stop what you're doing, so till you actually take time to get to ask some questions that pursues their heart. If you have any questions about this, I'd love to hear from you. Info at joemartino.com. If you have ideas that you'd like to share with me, things that you're doing that's working, I'd love to hear those too. You can send them to me at the same address. Get on my webpage, joemartino.com. Contact me, uh, joemartino.com podcast. You could comment on this episode. Maybe we have a thread there. I don't know how it works. Uh, But would love to hear from you about that. Also, I would like to let you know that we do record this at my office, one of my counseling offices. I try to come in in the morning when there's no one here. doesn't always work. Sometimes there are people here and sometimes you'll hear them in the background. I'm not in a sound studio and I know sometimes I can hear it in my headphones when I do the playback. All right, let's transition to today's question. Uh, Here's today's question. Dear Joe, recently I saw you talk about teaching to values with children. You talked about how you respond to your daughters when they yell or don't do their chores. You didn't really seem to talk a lot about punishment, though. So here's my question. After you talk to your kids and, quote, process, end quote, with them, then what? What do you do next? Don't you have to punish them? Kim in GR. Well, Kim, thanks for writing in, first of all. Uh, Glad that you were able to get to one of my talks. Um, I don't know if you came up and said hi afterwards or not, but if you did, it's good to meet you again. If you didn't, maybe you can do that next time. I am of the belief that you don't always have to punish your children. Sometimes the talk is enough. Now, if you do have to get into discipline, then I think you should always go with less severe consequences that are more repeatable. Uh, Recently, I had a conversation with a guy who was talking about how he has to discipline and punish his three-year-old son and how he'll, you know, sit him in timeout or ground him. I just, I don't see the value in that. And, and I know that that might even be, maybe this is just the controversy episode, but maybe that's controversial. But I just don't see that as something that is developmentally sound. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't discipline our children. Uh, my wife and I do discipline our children. We do have consequences. One of my daughters missed having a friend over yesterday because of something she did the day before. But I I am a little concerned that too often parents go to punishment because it helps them feel better. Because they're frustrated, they're embarrassed, they're bothered, they're whatever. And and the punishment is more cathartic for them than it is about training their child. And in the moment, they lose their temper and it becomes too loud. And, And I am just a fan of let's talk this through. We should have consequences, but we need to talk about it. We need to talk about why the consequences exist. What are the, what's the value to them? What's the value in our family's life and your life that we're trying to develop here? 
one of the things that my wife, who besides being a kick butt mama and wife, she's also an awesome therapist, she'll often tell her clients is a lot of the times our disciplines and punishment make our life more difficult unnecessarily. In other words, we're creating more problems. There was an ancient writer who went, who once wrote, don't exasperate your children. And I really think that that writing applies to this whole episode, but it certainly applies to how we discipline our children. And so Kim, I, I appreciate the question. I do think that there has to be consequences sometimes. I also think those consequences ought to be less severe and more repeatable, right? So you don't go straight to the nuclear option when you're grounded for a month, because first of all, after about three days, that month grounding, they're just going to adjust to it. But, but secondly, what's the value in that? Why, why a month? Like, how often do you want grace? What are you teaching your children and how you discipline? So hopefully that answers your question. If not, feel free to write in again. If you have a question that you'd like me to address on the Joe Martino Show, please feel free to email me, info at joemartino.com, I-N-F-O at joemartino.com. You can also go to joemartino.com and you can get a hold of me there. If you haven't bought my book yet, I'd love for you to read it. Let me know what you think. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at joemartino.com. You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the contact me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.